Merry Christmas, Mosaic Church. We are so glad you're here to worship with us this evening. If you're new to Mosaic, as a church, we exist to make disciples who believe the gospel, abide in Christ, and obey the word of God. If you'd like more information about our vision, or you want to get connected to the life of our church through community groups, or if you'd like to find an opportunity to serve, you can text the word Mosaic to 97000 and we'll follow up with you this week. After we sing together and hear a short word on the meaning of Christmas tonight, we will have a time of fellowship with Christmas treats and hot chocolate. We invite you to stick around and join us for that. Also, because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, we will have an abbreviated family service this Christmas Sunday for anyone who is in town and able to attend at our usual Sunday worship time of 10 a.m. And now, as we get ready to worship through singing, we just want to remind you that we love having our kids with us in service. Little ones are welcome to color if need be, and we encourage you to quietly explain the different parts of the service to older ones as needed. Also, if babies get fussy for any reason, we have a nursing mother's room just outside the lobby for your convenience. Again, we're glad you're here. Let's worship Jesus together. All right. Well, Merry Christmas. Glad to be here with you guys. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Glad to be here with you guys to worship Jesus tonight. And uh, glad the kids are having fun back there. Please don't worry about if your kids are having fun in the service. That's what kids do. Uh, so don't worry about doing too much shushing. It's all right. So uh, just a couple announcements before we dive into our uh, message. The first thing is uh, Christmas Day. We will have a shortened family service uh, if you'd like to come and worship with the body of Christ on Sunday, which is Christmas Day. It'll be at 10 a.m. I understand that many will be out of town or uh, have long-standing family things that you can't break away from, but if you want to worship together, uh, there will be a group here having service, and so you are more than welcome to come and to join them. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is, uh, after service tonight, please hang around with us and fellowship with us for a few minutes. Let your kids uh, fill up on cookies and hot cocoa, um, because it's in celebration of the birth of Christ, uh, or fill up on cookies and hot cocoa yourself, that's okay, uh, too. We need to get rid of that stuff so it doesn't have to come to the pastor's house, so uh, be sure to fill up on those things. Uh, lastly, uh, I just need to um, apologize publicly. Last week, I, I made some negative, uh, perhaps some may even view as offensive comments about a topic um, that many hold dear, and uh, that is eggnog. And I just want to, I just want to state my regret. Um, I reserve my right to think that it's gross, um, but <laughs> if you like it, Yvette Beam, then no judgment. Well, not much judgment. All right. Anyway, I expect that most of you are here tonight because you want to sing about and hear proclaimed what you may or what you may not know, which is the true message of Christmas. And so uh, let's pray and we'll just get right to it since uh, most of us have our kids here with us and attention spans are shorter than usual. Let's pray. Father, once again, we thank you for the awe-inducing reality of the incarnation of your son, Jesus the Christ. Thank you for this joyful opportunity tonight to sing our praises to you together. 
for your manifest wisdom and love that was all wrapped up into the gift of him to the world, to us. And I I pray now that you would help me to succinctly explain from the scriptures why it's so amazing and worth our rejoicing tonight and on Christmas and on every other day. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, hey, let's, let's uh, start really fundamental, and then we're going to move to specific, okay? The, uh, the Christian faith is explained in its entirety by the Bible. And so if you were to read the Bible, the whole Bible for comprehension, uh, here's what you would find out. God is both amazing and really good. Okay, and he created everything in the universe for the sake of showcasing how amazing and how good he is. A shorter way to say that would be that God created everything for his glory. And after you get past about the third chapter of the Bible, what you find out is uh, because God gives to humanity, that is us, um, because he gives us free will to do what we please instead of making us uh, robots who are only able to do what he instructs, humanity foolishly takes a quick downward turn from glorifying God to attempting to glorify themselves, ourselves instead. And uh, the three-letter word that the Bible gives to this phenomenon is sin, The problem with sin is not only does it disregard and dishonor the loving God who made us and who provided everything that we could need, but also God's universe is only designed to work properly when he is the one who is glorified. And so uh, from the third chapter of scripture on, a lot of you have read this, okay, everything is progressively turning into a bigger and bigger Mess. And now, to this day, as we look out into the world, we see that uh, that mess has only continued to grow because people are still uh, trying to glorify themselves instead of God. And in the process of disregarding and dishonoring Him, they are using and abusing one another and never winding up truly happy. That's because God has intentionally wired humanity to find the most possible joy when they are most glorifying him, okay? And so I begin by telling you these basics because you can't really get the message of Christmas if you don't first get that you are a sinner. That is, you and I, we... Okay? We live our lives trying to take the matter of our own happiness into our own hands. And as a result, we all fall short of the glory of God. And we are, as it were, broken mess makers. Okay? Uh, we're either actively or in the past, we have tried to use things like money or relationships or worldly status to satisfy the longings of our souls. And in the process, we have wound up being greedy or manipulative or arrogant and in turn have caused many problems for ourselves and for the people 
around us. If you, if you think about it, I know that a lot of us, we struggle to see ourselves as sinners because it's, it's tough to admit how each of us are often our own worst enemy in life. But if you look at society, at least if you struggle with saying that about yourself, if you look at society on a macro level, it's not hard to see and agree that the pursuit of sex, money, and power causes 95% of the broken sinful mess that we all can see. And if we're honest with ourselves, which I know is difficult, I know is difficult, each of us have the impulse inside of us to disregard God and his glory and to seek our own glory somehow by sinfully attempting to attain the things that we just talked about in those categories. And that causes problems for us. From debt to discord to dishonesty to divorce to drunkenness and other destructive behaviors, depression, distress, societal disorder, and and so forth. Our sin causes problems for us, and it also reveals that we are all in need of help to stop making a mess of our lives and to find the soul-level satisfaction and salvation from ourselves that we all desperately need, and if we're honest, desire, okay? But you may be wondering, what does this have to do with Christmas? What does this have to do with Christmas? Well, the message of Christmas is really good news for sinners who know that they deserve God's punishment. Though we have all simply sought our own glory, God will still be glorified. And the primary way will be by the saving of sinners in and through his son, Jesus. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you've ever felt a little confused about a holiday that celebrates the birth of Jesus, it's not just because babies are cute, though they are. And uh, I'm sure baby Jesus was a cute baby. Um, But it's actually because the birth of Jesus was the announcement to the world that the Son of God himself would come into the world that he created in order to save sinful people by living the perfect God-glorifying life that none of us ever could, by dying the punitive death on the cross to pay for the price of all our sin and our glory theft, and by rising from the dead to become our triumphant king who can redeem us and justify us, allowing us to be saved by simply trusting and placing all of our faith and hope in him. This is the gospel. This is the gospel, and it is the message of Christmas that God will be glorified primarily by the saving of sinners in and through his son Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, we see this right away after the birth of Jesus, when the first people who are welcomed to come and see the newborn king are some random shepherds, okay? You may not know this, but even uh, though they usually look, you know, pretty clean and and cute and your little nativity set on your counter at home. In the ancient Middle East, okay, shepherds were not well thought of. 
right? First of all, they were in the lowest, poorest class of people in their society, but also they had a bad reputation for being dishonest. Some Bible commentators say that uh, there were even laws against shepherds being used as witnesses in uh, court because of their ill repute, right? They were viewed as not trustworthy. Also, they could have been uh, considered not only poor and unreliable, but dirty, Due to the nature of their work with animals, they were banned from the temple and Jewish festivals because they were unable to maintain ritual cleanliness. I explained the portrait of a shepherd last year by saying when the shepherds were startled by the sudden appearance of angels on the night of Jesus' birth, shepherds were the kind of guys who probably would have blurted out a few four-letter words, spilled their cans of natural light, and stomped out their cigarettes. Okay? And yet, God decided to send his angelic messengers to the people who were the most clearly known to be sinners in order to say this. You've heard this. The angel said to them, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. And then it says about the shepherds get this it says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Get this last verse. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. And so based on the the cultural stereotypes of shepherds, uh, this last sentence would have sounded very strange when it was written. And you know, I, I find it interesting that when some more reputable people find out about the birth of Christ, namely King Herod and the Jewish priests and scribes who were the religious leaders of that time, they don't go and seek Jesus. They don't go and seek Jesus out. We read, we actually, we read about that last week in Matthew chapter 2. King Herod, we find out, he wants to figure out where Jesus is um, because he wants to kill the infant Jesus so that he doesn't have to have any competition in his role as king. And the religious leaders, while they know the scriptures, they are indifferent to finding out about the messianic prophecies that are being fulfilled in their own time. Now, you would think, you would think that they would be the very most excited to go and to worship Jesus, but they're not. And I think that what we see from this is that Christmas is not best celebrated by those who have or know the most. Okay? Christmas is not best celebrated by those who have or know the most. Even today, we might tend to think that people who make the most money and can get the best Uh, new stuff or people who are religious and very knowledgeable in spiritual matters are the ones who do Christmas the best. 
okay? The reality is, lots of money and stuff tends to be spiritually blinding, causing people to treat God as irrelevant. And religiosity tends to puff people up with pride and spiritual knowledge, leading to the illusion of being good with God apart from his grace. But based on God's amazing Christmas announcement to the shepherds, we see that Christmas is best celebrated by those who most realize their need for a savior. And as a result, most humbly come to him to give their worship and to receive his grace. Speaking of his conversion to Christianity, the apostle Paul says this. He says, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed from me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. What a compelling point he's making here. Not just that God saves sinners through his son Jesus, but that God saves sinners through Jesus because they are sinners. <laughs> that is, it's actually the sinfulness of sinners that compels God to draw near to them to save them. And so God is not looking for the best gift givers or snazzy dressers or party throwers or even doctrine knowers. He's looking for grateful faith-filled worshipers of his son, Jesus. Our Advent teaching series this year was called Come All You Unfaithful for this reason. Because Christmas is a time for sinners who know that they are sinners to return to the Lord. For people who have been unfaithful to come and to behold with awe and wonder that Christ was born for them, to glorify God and his saving of them. Contrary to the modern holiday aesthetic, Christmas is not a holiday for rich people to get themselves more new stuff that they don't need. And Christmas is not a holiday for religious people to be smug about how religious and spiritually good they perceive themselves to be. Christmas is a holiday where we rejoice in the fact that God will be glorified and that the primary way that he has determined to glorify himself is by saving those of us who recognize that we are sinners in need of a savior and that Jesus is the savior that we all need. That's why we sing about and celebrate his birth every year. And so I want to wrap up now with just a simple Christmas question. Will you, will you glorify God by worshiping Jesus? Will you? Will you glorify God by worshiping Jesus? Will you lead and teach your family that while gifts can be good, that only Jesus is God and that he deserves our worship, not only on Christmas Day, but on every day? 
Will you use this invitation as an opportunity to confess to God and to others that you know that you are a sinner who is desperately in need of God's grace? Will you resolve even tonight to not only consider the wonder of Jesus, the baby, but to bow your entire life before Jesus, the King? Will you? Will you glorify God by worshiping Jesus? This is my loving appeal to you. Don't be like King Herod, who saw Jesus as a means to the end of his own glory. Some people still do that. They, they come to church, believe it or not, some people still do this. They come to church and they sing the songs and they shake the hands so they can feel good about continuing to live sinfully for their own selfish desires. Some people, this is crazy, some people actually publicly praise Jesus so that they can privately reject Jesus. <laughs> That's what King Herod did. Don't be like him. Also, don't be like the Jewish priests and scribes who were content to know the scriptures, but who didn't really think they needed the grace of a savior. Some people still do that too. They learn to talk the talk of Christianese, as we call it. They technically know what Christmas is about, but inwardly, there is no heart that has been humbled by the gospel. They, they don't worship Jesus because in their pride, they don't actually see their need for him, right? These people publicly acknowledge that Jesus saves sinners. Their problem is they don't privately acknowledge their sin and repent before God in order that they might be saved. So don't be like them either. Instead, be like the shepherds. Be like the shepherds. Be honest about who you are and who you've been, that you've been unclean at times, you've been untrustworthy at times, that honestly you have sought your own glory, not God's, and that you do not deserve his love or his kindness. And come, come excitedly and humbly before Christ Jesus with amazement that Christmas is about how God is so amazing and so good that he graciously sent his son Jesus into the world to save you. You. And choose to glorify him moving forward by believing and living with this mindset. This is the message of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, God, you're so good and so amazing. It's hard to communicate how good and how amazing you are in such a short time. But my prayer is that those who have been here tonight have heard the wonder of the gospel. That Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Father, I just pray that there would not be a man, a woman, or a child in this room tonight if they're being prodded by your spirit, that there wouldn't be a soul in this room who thinks that they are the exception to that rule because it's not true. Jesus came to save sinners and we can glorify you, God. We read in the word, in your word we read. We can glorify you by simply coming to Jesus and receiving the grace and the truth that he offers to us. 
as our Savior and our King. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.